time so fucking late. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Chewing the Fat. I am Johnny, as you all know. Now, this is the fifth episode. Um, I was supposed to have a friend of mine on uh, to discuss horror movies this week, but last minute uh, things changed. You know, plans change as they can and sometimes do. So today, I'm going to be doing another solo episode, and we are going to be talking about something that I'm quite passionate about, as you will find out. Um, That is tattoos. Um, You might have tattoos. I have lots of tattoos. We're going to talk about why I love them. We're going to talk about um, some common misconceptions. We're going to talk about people who have tattoos versus people who are tattooed. Talk about different kinds of tattoos. We're going to talk about why you should never fucking touch someone's tattoos. And then we're going to talk about uh, fake tattoos, like these pop-up fucking things like Inkbox, where it's like a fake tattoo that lasts for one to two weeks. And it's just, what pisses me off about that is like the whole pain of a tattoo is kind of that rite of passage, like you're earning it. You know, it's on your body. It should be on your body essentially forever. Some people get them lasered. I haven't gotten any of mine lasered, but I mean, my point is there's, you know, the pain is a rite of passage. If tattoos didn't hurt, then fucking every idiot would have whatever the hell they wanted in the spur of the moment tattooed on their body for potentially the rest of their lives. Anyways, we'll get to that. Um, We're going to talk about oh, why I love tattoos to start off. I just think tattoos are even poorly done ones. There's a, there's kind of a funness to it. There's art. There's a story there. There's always a story. I believe there always should be a story. I hate when someone has a tattoo and you know there's no like there's no meaning whatsoever behind them i don't i'm not talking about you don't have to have a bible passage that was your grandmother's favorite and then she gifted you her bible on her deathbed it doesn't have to be that deep but i mean i think there should be at least be a story or something you know, that you can recall a fond memory or even, you know, a painful memory, but a memory nonetheless. Every time that you look at that tattoo or every time that you remember that you have that tattoo. Everything that I have on my body, no matter how stupid or how impressive or how meaningful personally they are to me, every single piece that I have has a story. I've got a I've got a tattoo for each one of my exes after, after we broke up. That's another thing. I never got a tattoo. Actually, no, I did get, I got one tattoo when I was with a girlfriend. No, I've got a few tattoos actually with partners. Anyways, I do have some, sorry, but I don't have like someone's name tattooed on me or the date of an anniversary or something like that. I have, you know, every single piece that I have for for past partners has meaning to them, like a little quirk about them or or a fond memory. But I mean, I don't have like Diana written across my chest with a heart and then have something horrible put over it years later. Um, But yeah, everything I have has has a story. I've got, you know, I've got two sleeves and I've got 
full chest and I've got some of my stomach, some of my ribs and I've started my legs and everything that I have has a story, whether it's about, you know, a video game my brother and I, Mike, used to play growing up. Like I've got stuff from Super Mario, little bits of that all over my, my, my flash sleeve. Or I've got my entire left sleeve is essentially an adult version of the Little Mermaid. When I was a very young boy, um, I remember my first, I guess, arousing experience, we'll call it. Like the first, the first time I realized I like girls, essentially. The first tingle. You guys know what I'm talking about when you get the, you know the tingle? Like when you're climbing the rope in gym class. It's that, it's that little whoo. Anyways, I was, a, I was a young boy and I remember was watching Little Mermaid at whatever point. And the scene where like she goes up on the rocks and she's singing and like she's got the little seashell bikini and the water comes like splashing behind her and like thrusting up there. I remember seeing that and feeling that little tingle in my, my dingle dangle and my in my uh, my schwanz. And that was my first like, oh, I like I like girls. So I always told myself that I'd get something. You know, when I realized that I was into tattoos and I wanted to get tattoos, I should get something to, to dedicate to, to Ariel. So I did the entire Little Mermaid, essentially, characters on my left sleeve, just an adult form, like Ariel's on my inner bicep, and she's, obviously, she's topless. And then there's King Triton, all, like, juiced out and jacked up. And then there's Ursula, but she's only in, like, octopus form, so it's just an octopus that's fucking cool. And then there's like Flounder, but he's like a realistic fish. And then obviously there's Prince Eric, but he's he's actually a skeleton on the bottom of the ocean. He's dead because Ariel's mine. But you see what I mean? Like there's different levels of, of memories and uh, importance that I have for my tattoos. And I think that anyone who really, really loves and respects their tattoos, you know, feels the same way. Um... I was talking about being tattooed versus having tattoos. What I mean by that is if you can, essentially, if you can count and you're the type of person that counts, like, oh, I've got, I've got four tattoos or like, I've got seven tattoos. Can you believe it? If you're one of those people, you have tattoos. You have tattoos. You're, you're quantifying them. It's, it's no one who is tattooed. Like people, the people who are tattooed, not just have tattoos. Essentially, we, we don't count anymore. It's just how many tattoos do we have? One, it's my entire fucking body. Like, what do you, I don't sit way up, wait up at night and count. Okay, cool, 89. Okay, there's still 89 there, cool. When am I gonna, when am I gonna get number 90? No, we don't, we don't do that. So there's a point where you make a decision. And some people say it's when you get when you get your hands. Some people say when it's sleeves. Some people say when it's neck. Some people say when it's face. But when you cross into the realm of someone who is tattooed, your life changes. Even if it's a little bit, your life does change. How you were perceived, how people treat you, um how people interact with you does change. I mean, 
I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of tattoos like don't necessarily have great histories. I mean, tattoos have a long history. I think the first tattoo, there was a mummy found um, near the like Australian Italian border that had, this guy had like 61 tattoos, 61 tattoos. He had like on his wrists, like on his arms. And it was a mummy and it was by the name of Otzi. They named him Otzi, Otzi the Iceman. And he was dated back to, or I guess his tank, like his ink and his tattoos and his body was dated back to around 30, like 3,250 BC. That's, that's over 5,000 years ago. Like that's fucking insane. So, I mean, all tattoos essentially have history, but some don't have a great history. We're talking about like gang affiliated tattoos. Like, I mean, I don't know a lot about history of gangs, but you'll hear that you know, some Russian gangs have spiderweb tattoos on their elbows to give you an example. I don't even know if that's right, but I'm just trying to give a vague example. And then, you know, so, okay, cool. So if you have that tattoo, tattoo you are in a gang or you're trying to be a badass. Some people just wanted to get, like, they love spiders. Maybe they like Charlotte's Web or they like, like, spiders are so cool. Like, I've always loved spiders, so I'm going to get a spider web tattoo on my elbow. But I mean, you'll say, you'll see a guy walking down the street and if he's all tatted up with spiders and webs and all that shit, he can be the friendliest fucking guy in the world. You don't know who he is or what he does, but automatically there's that assumption, like, oh shit, like, those are some fucking gang tattoos. Like, that guy's probably fucking dangerous. Don't talk to him. Don't treat him well. All that kind of shit. And people, a lot of people still associate tattoos with just crude prison art. And it's just, like, you clearly are just ignorant because, first of all, there are many different styles of tattoos. There is... Um, abstract realism, there's ultra realism, there's sailor, there's abstract, there's, there's black and white, there's color, there's dot work, there's mandalas, there's, you know, skulls and roses, there's just different kinds, there's so many different kinds and types of work out there to automatically assume that if someone has a tattoo, it's going to be ugly or crude is completely fucking wrong to be honest with you i've seen some beautiful you know sailor pieces with bright bright colors just beautiful um traditional tiger heads or um like ships in a bottle there's these beautiful thick dark lines great sailor style work great flash pieces and i've also seen some some ultra realism artists and some abstract realism artists now what they can do with these machines and the human skin is absolutely gorgeous. I've got like um, realism on my entire left sleeve and across my whole chest and on my ribs as well. I've got a portrait and I love all my tattoos, but when you see a really nice, like really realistic um, tattoo on someone's body with some nice white work in there too to really accent everything. Oh my god, it's just it's so incredible, and that's that's art. You have to you have to respect the fact that it is art. And I mean, a lot of people think that oh, people who are heavily tattooed, people who are tattooed, oh, like you got all those tattoos, you like you're probably not very intelligent. 
there are doctors out there. There are very successful um, lawyers and writers and very talented actors and entertainers who are covered in ink. And they are not unintelligent people. They are very intelligent and respected and successful people. So to assume that if someone is tattooed or heavily tattooed and they're an idiot or that they're dumb because only dumb people and criminals and convicts get tattoos, yeah, fucking ignorant. Absolutely not. People's of, people of all walks of life and backgrounds and races and creeds and religions have, ooh, no, I guess maybe no, some religions not have tattoos. I think, is it, is, I'm not sure, I wish I had a host here, so I'm not sure if you can get tattooed if you're Muslim, I'm not sure about that. But for the most part, you know, different kinds of people have tattoos, that's the point. So it's not, you know, not necessarily criminals. Everyone has fucking tattoos. Good people, great people have tattoos. Great people have tattoos. And that doesn't mean you can fucking touch them. God, people who touch tattoos, who reach out. Like I work at a bar. So it's evident and it's expected that there is some interaction with the opposite sex and with people who are hitting on you and people who are flirting and want to be social. Comes with the territory, whatever. It is what it is. But whether you're in a bar or you're in a mall or you're passing someone on the street, at no point do you have the right to reach out and grab somebody or reach out and touch somebody to admire their tattoos. This happens so often and more often than not to people who either have let's say erotic tattoos or people who have um, tattoos in odd places or people who have big pieces, big complex pieces. We, we get stopped or we get poked and prodded and grabbed that more than you could possibly imagine. And it's ridiculous. I mean, you literally have a stranger come up to you and grab you by the wrist or grab you by the arm. You're like, oh my God, I love your tattoos. What do they mean? Like, first of all, don't fucking touch me. Second of all, what what business of yours is it what they mean? I know some people are, some people who have tattoos get extremely offended or defensive or upset or triggered by people who ask, you know, what is what is your tattoo what does your tattoo mean? And I mean I understand it. It is essentially no one really nobody's business um, what your tattoos mean and what they mean to you. Um, I don't I'm one of the people I don't mind as much if someone asks about what my tattoos mean because they do mean something to me. Whether or not I want to share them with you is is of my volition. That's my decision. Um, but don't ask someone what their tattoos mean. It's just, it's so fucking cliche. Like if I don't know you, like I'm not going to invest in a relationship with you. Like what? Like don't, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. If I want to tell you what they mean, I will tell you what they mean. Like I will open up and give you every fucking story about every, every stupid tattoo or every amazing piece that I have. I have a tattoo for no other reason 
then I thought it would be funny. It's, and I have a friend of mine. She is a up and coming successful business owner. Her name is Kat Plouf. Um, and her and a, a good buddy of mine, Ottawa, Phil Fulbert, are uh, operating a, um, a starting up business that is going to do very, very, very well. It's, it's organic, organic tampons. And uh, I'm very excited for them. But I don't even remember how the joke came about, but it was a work joke. And I think it was about Phil freaking out about ants on the patio. Because there was ants in the patio. So Kat and I, we all worked at the same restaurant. And we just, every time Phil would freak out, we would just yell out, ants! It's because the ants! Just to rattle his cage and fuck with him. So I had a little space open on like my right arm and my flash sleeve, my absolute fucking clusterfuck of memories. And so now I have three ants, three cartoon ants that I had her draw crawling up like one of the vines that I have on my sleeve. Like, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with my family lineage or my favorite poem. It's it's just something fun and it, it, it's a memory. It means something to me. If I want to fucking share that with you, I'll fucking share that with you. But to ask a person who has especially a lot of tattoos, what do your tattoos mean? Holy fuck, buddy. We're going to be here for fucking hours. And quite frankly, that does not interest me. Like, I don't want to fucking educate you on why I have these tattoos. And um, all my tattoos, save, I think, one, have uh, have color. And um, black and black and gray tattoos uh, versus color tattoos, I mean, I think it really depends on... Um, on your skin tone, like how dark your skin is, just in terms of how the colors show up on it. I mean, I am semi-tan. I mean, I'm tanned-ish, so I have a lot of black and a lot of gray and a little bit of white, just because on this, I guess, color of skin, it just looks more appealing to me. Whereas someone who could have, like, you know, that really creamy like that really creamy porcelain skin. And like they have these beautiful, vibrant, like sailor or pinup pieces. Like, oh God, they're like pastel colors. I love those pieces. I would never get one on me just because it just wouldn't suit my skin tone. My skin wouldn't hold the colors as well. I mean, I got a buddy in Dubai, Nana. Nana Sacher, big shout outs to my man, who's got this beautiful like raven, I think it's a raven. It's either a raven or a crow. I think it's a raven. I think we had this discussion. That goes over his sh- shoulder, like up his arm and over his shoulder, across his shoulder and across his chest. This beautiful, like, jet black. He's, he's got a very dark skin tone. And he it's just this jet black raven. And it's just, this, it's like as black as coal, the ink. It looks so good. I wish I could get a piece that dark. But on my skin tone, it just wouldn't look right. It would just, it would look like, it would stand out too much. And then the the bright, vibrant pastels just wouldn't soak in. So for someone like me, for my personal choice, my preference, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone has the right to be different. Um, I like my, my black and gray tattoos. I've got little tiny color accents. Like, I mean, one of the, like the, the ruby on the treasure chest on my left sleeve on my hand is red and I'm planning planning on getting a little tiny like toony sized um, heart like red blood red heart on like a open spot on the top right part of my chest I mean I think it'll be a nice accent piece but for the most part 
everything I have and everything moving forward is going to be is going to be no color. And I plan on getting a lot more. Like right now, like I said, I've got both sleeves and chest and some on the rest of the parts of my body. By the time I'm 40, I plan on essentially being from collar collarbone down to ankles. And I'm sorry if I'm freaking my mother out. <laughs> if she's just hearing this, so yeah, mom, I plan on getting a lot fucking more. Sorry. There's nothing on my back. It, it, it looks weird. I look like look like a one side of a piece of bread was burnt. I'm white, so one side is all dark, and the other side is all all light, nothing on it. it. Looks weird. I look imbalanced. I'll chalk it up to looking imbalanced. That's why I'm gonna get more ink. No other reason. Um, one thing that I noticed, I've seen some Instagram ads that have popped up more and more frequently now. Are these fucking places like? I mean, remember when you were a kid and you'd get those like temporary tattoos? and you peel off the clear piece of plastic and then you put it on your skin and then you put like a wet sponge or a wet cloth and you press it for like whatever a minute or 30 seconds and then you you slowly peel it off and you have like a temporary tattoo that like sits on top of your skin that's supposed to last for three four days but you end up picking at it or scratching it or it just fucking rubs off in the next three hours and then you're stuck with this film for like three or four days and you have to have like six showers remember those fucking things those were great what they have now is these things called inkbox where it almost looks like you you put on like a wax strip but it's got like the tattoo in it and then like you rub it on and warm it up and then you peel it off and then this temporary ink like, goes into your skin and then it takes it first of all it looks like it barely shows up so you're like what the fuck did I waste my money on and then over like the next 24 hours it comes through your skin, so you have this, it looks real um, tattoo. It lasts for like one to two weeks. I think that's fucking bullshit, to be honest with you. I mean, people who wear glasses with with no prescription, like just, just plain glass for fashion, whatever, whatever. I have blue light blocking glasses because I'm on my fucking phone all the time, so I need to, to you know, to give my eyes a rest, but that's got like a little bit of a use. People who just have fucking glasses for the sake of fashion. Oh God, you're a fucking idiot. Um, I used to wear glasses. I was blind as shit. I just got laser like last year. I was like fucking legally blind. Anything a meter past me was just a blur. So fuck you, people wearing non-prescription glasses. That's another episode. Fuck this shit. Um, so yeah, these ink box places. So you get you get to have a tattoo. I think. Uh, as far as I've seen, it's just like flash. There are just like catalog pieces, but I'm sure that the next trend is going to be you go to an illustrator, or I hopefully I not hopefully not you know another ta- not a tattoo artist looking for like a side hustle. So like you know someone draws up this beautiful sick piece, like a beautiful sleeve, beautiful sleeve. And, you know, it's drawn up, but instead of a stencil and getting it fucking tattooed on you, it's one of these ink box things. So they do it in sections. They do like, you know, small pieces at a time and then assemble this sleeve, this fake sleeve with zero fucking pain and all the results 
then over the next 24 hours it shows up and you have this fucking beautiful sleeve and you didn't earn it that's my fucking point I think it's bullshit that you can have this oh this this tattoo it's so cute it's so me this will look so good for my Instagram fucking feed and my little fucking Nova fashion Nova photo shoot and fucking all this bullshit and fucking my smile and fucking all that bullshit tattoo the pain that comes with the tattoo is a rite of passage I mean I'm not extremely knowledgeable in the uh, the history of tribal tattoos like actual tribal tattoos where you see the ones in Africa where they get they're literally getting these painful painful tattoos all over their bodies because it's a rite of passage in their tribe and I'm not comparing that to you know any sort of ritual when people get tattooed with a fucking needle but I mean the thing that is the common the commonality between them is the pain that is involved I mean if tattoos didn't hurt at all then everyone would get whatever came to their mind on any particular day and I mean as someone who has invested not you know not just the money but the time and the and the pain and the reflection on getting as tattooed as I am like that's it's it's I find it extremely fucking insulting um it's not frustrate I'm not frustrated because you know I'm jealous like I have tattoos that hurt a lot a lot like my sternum sucked um like my upper inner bicep like that burns the ditch burns hands weren't as bad as I thought but they weren't great and um you know I don't regret any of them because that pain was part of it like it was part of the process and you you, some people meditate some people listen to music some people talk through it to get through it whatever you do that's on you but there's this kind of this kind of level that you have to be at with yourself to to go through that when you know when you're getting a nice tattoo that means something to you you're really earning it you're earning it with with your blood sweat and tears and to turn it into this, once again, everything has got to be about fucking fashion and what's trending. <clears throat> and I mean, I see it coming. These inkbox things are going to be popular and people are going to love it. And I mean, I know that people would get airbrush tattoos for, for parties and all that kind of shit. And people, you know, remember those, those tattoo sleeves that were popular for about six seconds? It was like, I don't know if it came already stitched into the shirt but you could get this like arm condom and it had like it was it was fabric it was like lycra or like pantyhose material and it would have tattoos on it and people would people would fucking wear I think it was popular for about six seconds and then it was around like the Ed Hardy days or some shit but I remember seeing those and that's that was before I was really tattooed and I was like absolutely not not a fucking chance I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking earn mine so I think the pain that is associated with them is, you know, is the whole kit and caboodle. <clears throat> it's part of the part of the past, the rite of passage, it's part of the ritual. And if you haven't earned it, you don't deserve to have a fucking tattoo. Okay, well, and this was a short episode this week, so you guys either got lucky or got unlucky, depending on how much you can tolerate me. 
But I will leave you with a, um, a story about a couple of my tattoos just to talk about why I have them and, and what the reason that I have them. And I'll tell you about the only tattoo that I have that I don't, it's not that I hate it. It's not that I hate it, but it is so fucking cringe. It's, it is so cringe. And I have, I shit you not, I have live, laugh, love tattooed on my fucking arm. Yeah. You feel free to judge. Feel free to judge. It is a fucking douchey tattoo. It is terrible. It's something you see over your fucking, your neighbor's couch in their sitting room. And then they have uh, another wooden sign that says, this is home over the door frame. It's one of the fucking those. I get it. Okay. But hear me out. Listen. Listen. Okay. The reason that I have this tattoo is because of my mother. Okay. So yeah, feel bad. Fuck you. Feel bad. Feel guilt. So my mom, um, Irish Catholic, you heard about her in the last episode. My mom, Christine, she's very blunt. She says whatever the fuck she wants. She's, she thinks she's hilarious. She's funny. She thinks she's hilarious. And whether or not she's 100% serious, she's always joked to me that on her tombstone, she wants the words lived, laughed, loved, and left. As in she is left. So, yeah, I got that tattoo for her. Like, say, like, accuse me of lying. Say you're a piece of shit. You fucking, you were a douchebag who slicked your hair back and fucking smoked Mendel cigarettes. Yeah, I did do that, but that's not the reason that I fucking got Live, Laugh, Love. It was for my mother. All right? fuck happened there I, I guess I got into it and broke the fucking mic um so yeah it's from a, it's for me ma okay live 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 left loved left fuck um yeah and the other I guess it's actually a series of tattoos um I have an old buddy of mine Isaac and we were bartending partners for years we worked at a bar in Ottawa together, we worked at a bar in Dubai together, we worked at a bar in Toronto together, we, we bartended with each other for years. We have a, a bunch of matching tattoos. Uh, I think I've got, I think is it five? And we have four or five matching tattoos. It's like, once again, like you lose count when you have so many. Um, and one of them, um, for his birthday, a couple years ago, we went to New York and um, we told ourselves like we got to get a tattoo of you know an apple when we're in the Big Apple. So this is a couple of years ago. So way we way pre-COVID, we found <clears throat> this sketchy-looking from the outside, sketchy-looking tattoo shop near uh, near Times Square. And we go into this tiny little narrow, fucking dilapidated downtown New York building. And uh, we go up, I think three flights of stairs, and then it like has this little shitty sign on um, on the door, and then a camera, 
on the roof of like on the ceiling of the, of the hallway looking at it. We knocked three times and then we were just like, you know what? Nope. Fuck this. So we didn't give that place a chance. Then we found another place nearby. The building was not as dilapidated looking, but it wasn't exactly in great shape. And then we say, fuck it. We'll, we'll take a chance. We go up to the, I think it was the second floor for this place. And we walk into this beautiful, open, bright, like when you think of a New York you know, factory, like apartment where it's all, it's like beautiful wood floors, exposed brick walls, and then beautiful giant industrial fucking windows. So all that natural light, essentially it was that, but it was a tattoo studio. And the, um, the lovely ladies that were working there were so friendly and so knowledgeable. And we we're like, yeah, we found the right spot. Like they had, you know, great catalogs. The atmosphere was extremely friendly. It was very, very clean. And it was fucking sick. It was New York as fuck. Like, I mean, it was this giant open space that was very minimalistic. There was like a big white leather couch. And then there was like a TV with like a PS4. And then all their walls or some of the catalogs of their work. It was super, super cool. So we got an apple. So we got an apple there. And then we both have, there's a movie we both loved um, called Cocktail with Tom Cruise. And it was about the rise and fall, essentially, of a, of a bartender and how toxic the industry can be and I will be doing an episode on that soon um and the slogan for the movie poster was when he pours he rains so it's like a play on words rains as in you know um like king and lord over a land that spelling so we both got when we pour we rain tattooed um <clears throat> on our arms I got on my on my right ditch essentially and then Fuck, what else we got? Oh, we've also, uh, so like we were a bartending duo for so long that people were like, oh, you're like fucking, you guys are like a tag team. It was like Starsky and Hush, but neither of us wanted to be Starsky because Starsky was a whiny little bitch. So we were both Hutch. We're like, yeah, it's actually Hutch and Hutch. So we, we were we were both Hutch, so we were known as Hutch and Hutch. We actually auditioned for uh, Amazing Race Canada as Team Hutch and Hutch, and we got all the way to the like the interview round and we were down to like the final 20 like we went for the in-person interviews with the with the directors and the producer in toronto when we were both still living in ottawa and um told our story and we were made to the final 20 and then just for whatever reason didn't get selected but that, that was fucking awesome so when we were living in toronto um we both got a, a hutch like a china hutch tattooed like just simple black line work I got mine on my leg, so it hutch, it's hutch and hutch. So, stuff like that. And I mean, you know, there's just, there's history behind everything that I have. And there's little stories. And I mean, I could sit here and go up and down my arms and tell you the inter- intricate details of every stupid little story. Um, but I, don't, I won't do that because I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to fucking waste my time. But you uh, feel free, you know, if you ever see me in public to approach me, if I'm in the mood, I'll fucking tell you a story. Um, one more, one last story that I'll tell you, and this is about a tattoo that I will be getting because I'm, I'm slowly filling my, uh, my left leg now with flash and simple and odd tattoos. Like I have my right arm all done with flash and I want my left leg all done with flash and I have my left arm all done with realism and my right leg all done with realism so there's some balance there there's a there's a plan there's a method to my madness but um tattoo that I will be getting 
there was a game, a video game on Nintendo that my brother and I, <coughs> Mike, used to play. And we were absolutely addicted to it. And it was called World Cup Soccer on Nintendo. And the reason that we were so addicted to this game is that because as simple as it was, you could still, like, you could slide tackle. And if you, like, slide tackle the guy, you know, he would hit, go hit and go flying and lose the ball. You get hurt. And we thought it was hilarious. And if you do it, I think it's four times. Like if you knock a player down four times with a slide tackle or if he gets hit with a shot that's too hard, he falls down and gets hurt. And if he gets hit three or four times, when he goes down, he stays down for the rest of the entire half. So Mike and I essentially, because we would play the game so much, we got tired of playing the game to try to win. So what we would try to do is we would just try and knock out the entire team and Essentially, it would be our team versus the goalie because you can't knock out the goalie. The goalie can can stop or not get hurt by anything. You can't slide tackle the goalie. It doesn't work. And if you touch the goalie, you get hurt. And the other thing that was so amazing about this fucking game is that there was, there was, it was called a super kick or super shot, whatever it was. And you could do it by, you had to hit A and B together at the same time. You had to time it. You had to time it either for the perfect header or you had to time it when the ball was in the air, either passed to you or you were intercepting like a ball in the air. And every team, every country, there was Mexico, Cameroon, Germany, France, Italy. Like there was there was a whole bunch of teams. This was made in 1980-something. This was probably made in 88. So, I mean, obviously all the teams weren't there. And, I mean, I think there was, I think it was 16 teams. And every team, every country had a different super kick. And some of them, when you did the super kick, it was an automatic goal. Like no matter where you were in the field, it would do like turn into this vortex and then shoot directly into the net. So it was a goal every time. And then some countries, their super kick had like like this crazy power of the zigzagging shit and this fire and stuff. But it wasn't and it wasn't as accurate. It was just going a straight line. So if you weren't right in front of the net, it wasn't going in. So we'd always pick. I remember we always picked Mexico because Mexico Mexico was a guaranteed goal. So anyways, now this is before. Um, you know, all video games now, you, you can save your progress, right? So, and this was back in the days when you couldn't save. There was, you know, everything was cartridges. You couldn't save your game. You have to start everything over. So every time you progressed a level in the World Cup, what, instead of having a save point, it would give you, on the screen, it would give you a six-digit code. Sorry, a a five-digit code. It was a five-digit code, and that code was unique to the level of the game. So you beat, you know, you beat one team <clears throat> to progress to the quarterfinals. You get this code. Let's say five nine six four two. Okay, so you write that down. Now, next time you go to play the game, you would punch in this code in the options menu, and it would take you right to the quarterfinals. Right? See what I'm saying? So Mike and I played this game so much, and we beat it so many times that I still have to this day in my head memorized the five digit code to get to the final game in this fucking 1988 Nintendo video game. The code is 12806. Don't ask me how I know it. Don't ask me how I remember it. I Googled it 
and I have one of those little Nintendo emulators with like 100 games on it from Amazon, and it, that has it on it, and it's the code still fucking works. So on some part of my left leg, I'm gonna get 12806. See how long it took me to tell that fucking story? Do you see that? Do you think that I want to, for every single person that stops stops me and inquires, do you think that I want to fucking go through that for every single thing I have on my fucking body? Because chances are that's the amount of history that most of my pieces have. I don't even have that tattoo yet. That's just one that I'm fucking getting. So no, the answer is no, the answer is no. So. While we recap, let's say, um, talked about why I love tattoos, talked a little bit about history, talked about the misconceptions, talked about those stupid fucking temporary tattoos. The main thing that I wanted to get on this on this episode, though, is that when you see someone who is heavily tattooed or anyone who has a tattoo, no matter the size or meaning, don't reach out and grab them. Don't touch them. Keep your hands to yourself, especially with everything going on. Your hands are filthy enough as it is with everything going on in the fucking world today. Think a little bit more. Just use a little bit more of that brain before you think it's a good idea to reach over the bar or reach over at a woman walking down the street or stopping someone in the middle of a grocery store. Just fucking think it is never okay don't touch no touch no touchy keep your hands to yourself thank you very much for listening to this episode this was a little bit different obviously because i didn't have a guest this week i'm sorry but i will have one next week i promise you that and uh i hope that you all learned something today i did i looked up that fact about otzi the Iceman. And uh, I hope you guys all have a great night. This was Chewing the Fat, Episode 5, and I will see you again next week.